And joining me now with more is Environment and Climate Change Canada Senior Climatologist David Phillips. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Hey, nice to join you, Ben, always. So what was this, a derecho? It's not a word I'd I'd ever heard before when referred to a weather system. Um, So what exactly happened? Well, I mean, it was almost weather hell broke out here in on the first kind of the official kickoff of summer. The first day was summer-like. I mean, the sun was out there seducing people to come outside, go to the garden center, put their boat in the water, go camping, hiking. I mean, there were no shut-ins here in Ontario and Quebec on on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And yet the weather was a bit um, threatening. Uh, The heat and humidity were very high. Um, About noon where I live, north of Toronto, the clouds started coming over, thunder and lightning. So, hey, there was some wild weather broke broke out. Now, we we knew it was going to be a a dark and stormy day. I mean, uh, we had that, the the fuel for driving storms is the heat and humidity. We always get that, it seems, with the thunderstorm. And then there was an undercutting uh, uh, cold front that came and kicked this stuff right up into the uh, to the uh, middle atmosphere and a lot of uh, downbursts and updrafts and and hey it was a it was a wild day. Now it all we didn't forecast it as a direcho. Uh, you never do. You never forecast the EF3 tornado. You wait till after the result to assess the damage and the the aftermath, and then you finally give it a name or or decide what ranking it should be. But these these directos are not very common. I would I've seen years in Ontario and in the Great Lakes area that we don't get any. It's something that you wouldn't see in British Columbia, rarely on the prairies, I think. I don't know of any, and certainly not in Atlantic Canada. So it tends to be something in the Midwestern part of the United States, the Great Lakes, New York, Pennsylvania, and of course, in Ontario and Quebec. And I've seen them before. They tend to be, Ben, just uh, very uh, strong windstorms that blow down a lot of trees. And we have a lot of forests in Ontario, and typically in cottage country, or up in the northwestern part of the province, you'll have derechos that brought down, you know, hundreds of thousands of trees. And so that's really my history of this. Never have I seen one of these, these storms that have tracked from the southwestern part of the province right up through to almost the Nickel Belt, eastern Ontario, and into Quebec. It was well organized. It was, it's almost like, Ben, I would describe it as a line of soldiers, just that front line, just moving ahead and and plowing everything in its way. And very fast moving. You couldn't drive uh, faster than the storm traveled if you went from London where the first storm effects occurred up into the uh, Ottawa area along the the 401. So a lot of it, and it had elements of what you'd find with a a summer thunderstorm, a garden variety thunderstorm, it had humidity, it had rain, a little bit of hail, but boy, it was the strong winds. And they just were relentless. We saw winds that were blew up to 120, 130, 140 kilometers per hour. So, Ben, not as strong as a tornado, but what it lacked in strength, it made up in aerial extent. Uh, rarely have I ever seen a summer weather event that would truck right across the province. Hey, that's a winter event. A blizzard, ice storm comes from Windsor up to Ottawa and buries the province. But not in the summertime. It tends to be a, a neighborhood kind of storm, an intersection and then the big cleanup occurs. This one was province-wide and brought tree damage. Everything. I think, Ben, to some degree, I look back at this and I see a bit of bad luck. I mean, it was on a Saturday, a long weekend in May. So people were out, more vulnerable to this kind of event. And then, of course, the winds just tore these trees, and huge trees, maples and poplars and oak trees, right out of the root ball. 
I mean, these weren't just uh, uh, shallow-rooted pines and spruces. These were big suckers that had been century-old trees, just torn right out of the ground, like in, just like it, and thrown in the atmosphere like spears uh, or javelins. So it was really uh, an enormous kind of uh, a storm, widespread and strong winds, and boy, it uh, it was fueled by by really a very active. Uh, and, and boisterous kind of atmosphere. There has been talk about just how the warning systems work. Obviously, I, in fact, saw someone complaining about it early on Saturday yes. from Ontario. Uh, how, how does the warning system function here? And, and, and obviously, there are criticisms about, you know, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. but how exactly would it work in an event like this? Because as you mentioned, it, it was a, just a very big, very strong storm. Well, you know, we have, a, a, we have one of the best warning systems in the world. It, it's top rate. It has saved lives already. It's been in around the one we have with the alert ready, where you get that um, uh, warning on your cell phone, wherever you are at the golf course or at the marina or, or just picnicking, it's, it's there. And uh, people get annoyed sometimes, be bothered. They think it's, well, maybe it's an amber alert. Well, no, it, it's, a, it's a weather alert. And, um, and, but for some, you can never satisfy everybody. They don't get it fast enough, they feel. And and um, and the, the warning occurred after the winds to some people said, I thought it worked very well where I am. And I didn't get one. But I wasn't threatened necessarily by the by the, the, the you don't send this out for everything. Otherwise, Ben, people would just cry wolf. They'd say, oh, well, it's another one of these faults alarms. So you have to be very careful on the kind of perfect conditions that you set this off. Now, this is the first one that had ever been set, had been released with a thunderstorm. Uh, We had set them off with tornadoes, but uh, last year, a policy that we said if wind speeds get up to 130 kilometers per hour in a a thunderstorm, that is very threatening, and we will send out that uh, that alert. And uh, and so it was a sound. But, you know, Ben, I think there's a lesson here. I think for me, the takeaway message is that, you know, you just can't rely on the alerts and warnings from the weather service to as the only way of staying informed. I mean, this was not a sneak attack bit. This was, there were all kinds of signs of this thing being a star, a dark and, and stormy day in, uh, uh, in Ontario and Quebec. The atmosphere showed you. The, nature never, it always forewarned you before it hit you. This is not a sneak attack or a, a terrorist in the sky. This is, this is something that was uh, well seen by people. I said, I remember one person said to me, Ben, the best weather instrument ever invented was the, the pair of human eyes. Right. And all you had to do was look up and look out. You could smell it. You could see it. You could hear it. The thunder, the lightning, the winds, the rain. And that was before it really hit. So there was a lot of ample warning. And we are respectful of the weather here as Canadians. We don't, hey, there are more Canadians that die falling out of bed than die from the weather. And that's because we get a lot of weather but we're also respectful. We pay attention to it. We know the, the weather. So I think, you know, there's several ways you can get the weather warning from the cell phone, from your internet, from your uh, uh, people telling you, but also you can just look up and look at it and you see it and you know the only thing on your mind is seeking safety and protection, get your loved ones and and uh, and seek, uh, seek shelter. So I think it's a lesson that we all have to learn, but hey, there will always be complaints because they a forecast warning didn't get out in time to some people, but hey, now we'll look at it. We'll see if we can fine tune it, make it better, but it'll never be perfect. I, you've watched many storms over the years, uh, David. How would you rate this one? 
You know, I, I think it was odd in the sense it wasn't the elements of it, the wind, the rain, the, the, the thunder, lightning, the, the hail. <clears throat> that was all what you see in a garden variety thunderstorm sometimes. But I think it was the size of it, though, Ben, that, that shook me up. Something, as you say, I, you don't see in the in some people were likening it to the ice storm of 98 that that spread misery from Kingston to the Bay of Fundy. Well, this one spread misery from from Windsor to Ottawa to Quebec City. So it had that kind of of size that you would see in a winter event, but clearly not a summer event. And I think there was a little bit of Ben, if I could say a little bit of bad luck. I, I can't believe a scientist telling you that, but hey, there was some bad luck. And I think the bad luck was this. If it occurred in April, hey, there wouldn't have been as much damage because the trees would not have leaves on them. The winds, winds would just whistle through those, those uh, limbs. If it had been July, hey, that root ball would be solid like cement in the ground. It was May. The ground is soft. And those winds, the leaves are on trees. And when the winds hit it, they were like sailboats. They just, the sails, they just added pressure and stress and, and, and it took it down. And so I, I think the timing was, uh, was crucial. The, the uh, event was. And, you know, we may not see something like this for, for years. But it is in the annals of, of weather catastrophes in Canada. It was a big one. It was destructive. It was deadly. I mean, 10 people lost their lives. because, And they were a lot of them were outdoors. Nobody was killed indoors. There were all trees falling, boats capsizing and drownings, uh, trees, campers with, with uh, trees falling on them. It was a tragic situation. But uh, hopefully we've, we've learned something about it. And I think it is that great respect that Canadians have for weird, wild and wacky weather. David Phillips, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ben. Bye-bye now.